Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Cody, as always. And this week, we are back to our regular uh, recording schedule. So Robert is joining me. Robert, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Maybe sometimes you'll hear some crackling, firewood crackling in the background, you know, fireside chats going on today. Yeah, Robert's uh, got a wood-burning fireplace going over there. It's cozy Christmas at the uh, Chapa household. Absolutely, dude. Well, last week, Cody, you jumped in and talked about what does it take to hit 100000 a year in your lawn care business. And this week, we're cranking it up times 10, and we're going, what does it take to reach a million in revenue in your lawn care business? And first question I want to hit, hit you with, Cody, is how long does it usually take? Let's say we're starting from like, okay, we're about to kick off in spring. Like I'm a new business owner. Be realistic with me, please. (laughs) I think that it really depends on the person, right? And the, the amount that you have to invest in your marketing, your equipment, your, how quickly can you hire? So if you come in and you've got you know, several hundred thousand dollars to drop on a new business, you can get to a million really quickly. For those of us like people on the ground who are building from scratch, what's going to take the longest is making these mindset shifts over time. And you have to learn and you have to fall down and scrape your knees and, uh, you know, get back up and learn to ride the bike with no training wheels. Right. So it's, you have to do it over time and it's the growth in the business owner that is the longest part, not the getting the clients doing the work. So when you say the growth in the in the business owner, I mean, you did touch on this quite a bit in your YouTube video about the mindsets and some of those main takeaways you uh, touched on were getting out of the field, knowing your numbers and automating your business and without you kind of just going over that all over again, because we, we're going to link the YouTube video, guys. What did you not cover in that video that you would kind of want to expand on more at this point when it comes to mindset to hitting 1 million? A big part of it is that we've got a, a some math in our notes here that I think is really helpful. That if you have a like annual value to a client of $1,500 per year, let's say that's just maintenance, you're you're bringing in $1,500 a year with them, you need 667 clients to hit a million dollars in top line revenue. If you're able to increase your average annual value from each client to $2,000, maybe that's selling weed and furt and some cleanups, that brings that number down to 500 one of the most important mindsets you have to get is that like a lot of guys, especially when we're small and scrappy, it's all about getting new customers in the door, new customers in the door. But where you need to make this shift on the path to a million is thinking about, okay, we actually have a significant number of customers now. How do we increase their average spend with us? And that's when it becomes important to start selling. And I talked about this in the YouTube video, that it becomes really important to start talking to them about your other services that you provide. We kind of talked about that idea of having three to four core services that you offer and then making sure that every client who's willing is opting into those other services. 
and we've mentioned this plenty of times, but it's like, yeah, just work with what you got. Because I mean, that's just so much easier to upsell, especially if you have a great service. You know, if you're mowing their lawn and like they love it, they absolutely love you and your guys and, you know, you're always smiling and you actually make their weeks better, then it's so much easier to upsell them. Like, let's say they're not doing the fertilization plan and then you're like, man, and you do that and you offer it and you're saying, hey, I noticed that you're, well, your lawn could look a lot better, but you would obviously say this much better than I am right now. And then you could upsell them on fertilization. And then maybe a year later, two years later, you get them on the aeration plan. And then you just become a regular part of their life more than mowing because it it gets a lot more profitable once you get past just the maintenance side of things there. Absolutely. And your customer acquisition cost is then the the 20 minutes it took you to write the email that went out to everyone versus you know you might spend... 50, 60, $70 bringing in a, an actual like new customer who's never done business with you. It's so much more efficient to increase your lifetime value with existing clients. And then every new client who comes in goes through the same process of getting upsold. So this makes your entire business more efficient, increases profits across the board. So this is like, this is one of the keys to getting to a million dollars is to, you know, you have the customer base built up now, you're over that 100k mark. And so it is very much about just wrapping your brain around, hey, our client lifetime value, which is like how much they spend over their entire time with you. And our our average value per customer per year is a super important KPI to be tracking. What will make that a lot easier to track is getting out of the field. So once you're out of the field, you can really kind of crunch these numbers and make it a lot more attainable and bigger part of your reality. Once it's not you that's answering all the calls or mowing all the lawns, just real quick, Cody, if you could touch on the main reasons why we want to get out the field, if we're wanting to, you know, up our revenue significantly. Yeah. I mean, you already, you already said the core of it, right? It's you only have so much energy in the day. And I, like we, you know, have talked about several times on the podcast, this sort of like burn yourself out, burn the candle at both ends, kind of like hustle and grind mindset, you know, hurts business owners in the long run. And, and I don't want you to be doing that. So if you can start to delegate your day-to-day work that someone else can do so that you can focus on the things that only you can do for the business, then it's going to help you grow a lot faster. I've seen with some of our clients, Cody, that some of them like being in the field and what they do instead is, well, they're not doing the jobs they don't want to do anymore. If they are in the field, they're focusing on those projects that they really enjoy, those really most likely very profitable projects for themselves. Yeah, I think what what a lot of like landscape contracting guys end up doing is a little bit more of like they're showing up as the contractor to kind of check on progress direct people and and make sure that things are happening to their standard for big jobs which is super valuable eventually you might hand that off to an operations manager but that might be much closer to the million dollar mark than you are right now mm-hmm. um but it's just so important to things that are repetitive that you can train somebody to do, it's really important to be able to hand those things off, even when it's like, hey, I I do really enjoy this thing. You know, I really enjoy 
messing around in Canva and getting creative out, but you do a lot of that now because I need to be on the phone with prospective clients. So it's like, you know, sometimes you got to let go of the a thing that's fun to do a thing that needs to be done. And that is the the part of the hustle and grind thing that I'll I'll endorse. That's I that's a good point, Cody. I'm glad you brought that up. I I like that. So once we're out of the field, we have more time to focus on the numbers. I, and that's priority number one when you get out of the field. Getting out of the field. That and answering the phone. Um, yeah. If currently lots of people are going to voicemail because you're in the field, mm-hmm. um, or even if you're in the office and you're not answering the phone, like that's number one is when people call your company, someone needs to talk to them. If you can afford to hire an answering service, I kind of talked about pros and cons for that in our video, but then your very next priority is focusing on your numbers. And that's where you're going to start to unlock things. What are we looking at as far as what numbers matter the most? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I would want you to be looking at is, are your routes efficient? So I would start, if you are using a CRM that won't plot all of them on a map for you, I would do a custom Google map. I kind of talked about this in the the YouTube video, but it's really easy to make. I would put each route as a different color and mark all of the jobs on it and make sure that your routes are efficient, that you're not wasting gas and wasting time that you're paying people, sending them in a in a way that doesn't make sense. So that would be kind of step one, getting off the truck. If your routes are already pretty efficient because you know that you've worked on that, then you got to start cracking on your customer lifetime value. So start figuring out what what people are worth to you uh, over the year. Um, And if you quote everybody pretty similarly, then you might even have that number kind of already in your head. And so then we want to start looking at which neighborhoods have the highest value. You know, if there's a neighborhood where the lot sizes are bigger, then you can know that like, oh, we quote these guys a little bit more and our guys are pretty efficient. They get through it. So our profit margin is actually better in this neighborhood. And also, you know, bigger lot size might translate to a bigger, more expensive house, a little more disposable income to throw at landscape projects at Wheaton Furt. You want to identify the neighborhoods that are like your golden goose and then really double down on marketing to them. And one thing I wanted to mention, Cody, that uh, you might've forgotten the YouTube video was using my service area. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, My service area is excellent because it'll filter people at the outset. So as they're on their way in, it will you can use them as like a filter into your quote form. So if people are outside your service area, they don't even submit for a quote. And then also that'll help you get your routes optimized. We can throw a, a link to my service area in the, in the show notes here. If people want to take a look. Yeah. Cause it'll just cut down on time spending. Even if you just don't even have to let anybody know, Hey, we don't service your area. They'll know right away. We're out the field. We know what we need to focus on as far as our numbers and what customers we want to get. And next is automating our business. So finding different areas to automate, such as hiring our office staff and marketing. Let's touch on hiring first. When it comes to automating that, what does that look like? It looks like spending money, which I know no one wants to hear. The best way to automate your hiring is to get on one of the hiring websites, Indeed, Monster, whatever you would like to use. We normally use Indeed just because we see good results there. But, you know, kind of everywhere is a crapshoot. You know, you're either going to get, 
you're going to find a good candidate everywhere. You're going to get a hundred bad candidates everywhere. But the big thing is to rewrite your job description with a marketing sales mindset. You want to, you're trying to convince people to work at your business. So it should not be, and I've said this a bunch of times, it should not be a laundry list of the ways that every other previous employee has hurt you. No one wants to read your grievances. You want to be convincing the best possible people that they should take time out of their day to apply an interview with you. And one of the things that Indeed lets you do is do an automated phone interview with three questions. And I have reviewed probably over a thousand applicants at this point through the the automated phone interview for various lawn care and landscaping companies. And I cannot tell you the number of people who will willfully disqualify themselves in an automated phone interview. One of the questions is about conflict with coworkers. Like, just tell me about a time that you uh, had some conflict with a coworker. And so many people will talk about like getting in fights, wanting to get in fist fights, all of this sort of stuff that's like, thank you for letting me know that you are not uh, an applicant that we can hire at this company. Like it's a liability at that point. I have you on a recording saying that you want to hit people in the workplace. <laughs> it's, it's bad for us to uh, recommend you to be hired. I would really recommend using that. The automated phone interview is a great way to filter. Like I said, I've like filtered out a bunch of people who you know wanted to get violent in the workplace. Getting a really good job description written, getting that automated phone interview system going, and then you're only scheduling interviews and you can tie Indeed directly into your calendar so people can only schedule with you when you're available. You do it virtually through Zoom or Google Meet, however you want to do that. Do the call, hop on camera with them, uh, talk to them about you know, who they are and why they want to work there and what the job entails, all of that sort of thing. And then always keep your applicants on file. You know, let's say you interview five people and you've got two that you want to hire immediately and one who is a maybe. You can hire the two immediately and then, you know, like that kind of fills your needs for now. And then you've got one on ice. So when one of the two new guys doesn't work out or somebody else doesn't work out, somebody leaves, you can go ahead and get that person on the phone and and try to get them in the business. This is something that my my friend Mike Callahan has talked about forever. He has a like very intricate automated system for this, but it's mostly about just stacking the bench. Always having a list of people that you can just call your way down that list when when you need to hire someone and this person has already been, you know, given a thumbs up. They will even what I'd recommend maybe is doing this in a Google Sheet so that you can rate how excited you were about mm. a candidate. And then, you know, maybe on a scale of one to 10. So you're always hiring a 10, never hiring a one. And then you can sort the sheet by 10, nine, eight, you know, descending order so that you are calling an order of how much you liked them in the, in the moment of the interview. Hiring is one of the, the two big pillars of growing a lawn care business. You have to scale your hiring. You have to scale your marketing to to continue growing. So if you can get that system ironed out, it's going to be a big weight off of your shoulders. When we're looking at hiring, Cody, I'd say the best time to hire is in the off season, right? Because that's when people who don't have their schedules filled out end up dropping their, these could be great employees, but they just can't keep them around because they don't have the work to get them to stick. And that's a great opportunity for you to jump in and bring them on. You can 
get some of the cream of the crop in your area and just constantly build that way as well. Part of your budget going into next year is figuring out a way to set aside for the slow months so that you can hire and so that you, you know, even if you don't have jobs that you can be doing, if you can keep people on the payroll doing like, you know, extensive annual maintenance that needs to be done and then any jobs that you're able to sell, it's kind of like you'll, you'll hear people talk about in budgeting this idea that like a personal budget that you will kind of fill the space that, that you have. Um, same thing with like you buy a bigger house and you don't have the furniture to fill it up and then it feels really big. And then over time you fill it up with all your stuff as you acquire more stuff to fill the space. If you hire more guys, you're going to feel the pressure to sell more work, to keep them busy and not end up in the hole you really need to be hiring all of the time. And Robert's absolutely correct. The best time to hire is when your competitors are laying people off because they don't have work. The second part of automating is not being in the office staff as a business owner. You don't want to be answering all yeah. the calls, putting out all the fires all day, because that's, as you grow and grow, Cody, you mentioned this, you just, you're just going to have small, it's just, that's just part of it. You have more customers, so you're going to have more problems. That doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. It's just, that's just how it works. Do you think there's a, a line between having a virtual assistant? Cause we've seen the popularity of that versus hiring somebody fully on staff. Do you think there's a point in your business where you say, okay, it's time that I bring somebody on full time. So they really understand my business. I think that it is first a cost consideration. A lot of virtual assistant companies are going to be a lot cheaper than than hiring a full-time staff member. What I would maybe start to consider is when you're running into 10 to 20 things a week that the VA can't cover and they're handing off to you and that's interrupting your day. Just look at the amount of time that you're spending on that office stuff. And that's when you start to wonder if like having a part-time office manager becomes worth it. Then, then you still have the VA who's handling a lot of the stuff and you're hiring a part-time person to handle anything that's one, one tick above uh, what the VA can do. And this is how call centers end up structured, right? Where you kind of have your like tier one support that always answers the phone. And if they can't solve the problem, then they pass it up to the next tier. And then if that tier can't solve it, then you're calling in someone whose who's real job is doing something else. So I would look at maybe structuring it that way as kind of a hybrid approach. When it starts to, when your VA company starts to come to you and want more money because you're taking up too much of their people's time, that's when you really need to start considering bringing someone full-time on. Also, another thing I thought about, Cody, is, well, let's say you end up just doing some of this office staff work, actually track your time doing it and see, okay, how much time did I spend today doing these things that needed to be done, but maybe it really makes sense to bring somebody on because I'm doing $30, $40 an hour work right now, whereas mm -hmm. I could be selling big landscape projects. Absolutely. The last system we want to automate in the business is marketing. And this also ties into, do you need an agency? It might yeah. be a little skewed on this. <laughs> I think the, the first thing, uh, that you can build out for like an automated system here is email campaigns. When when someone gets a quote from your business, they should receive 
several emails about the quote until they sign up. So I would look into setting up that sort of automation. If you need to hire outside to get that figured out, that is probably a one-off payment to get an email campaign set up. That's how we bill it out. But I would focus on your email first, getting, making sure that your close rate is good on the, on kind of the sales end of it. So people who get a quote are getting multiple touches to confirm the quote without you having to like call them on the phone and ask them. And then we want to make sure that we have kind of an onboarding process that is part of that upsell strategy we were talking about earlier. So when someone signs on, then they should be getting automated emails, letting them know about other services as it's appropriate to tell them about them, right? So if someone signs up in the summer, don't start immediately emailing them about spring cleanups, but have a an annual thing that goes out to every, like an annual calendar of the campaign that goes out to everybody when it's appropriate to be selling them fall cleanups, aeration, all of that stuff. So I would get those things in order. Those are systems you can absolutely develop yourself. If you need help with your campaigns, you know, we do write those. We're happy to help you out with those, get them set up in your email provider, start to build out your other marketing. And this stuff is a little bit less of a system other than like, you know, kind of establishing a marketing calendar, like I talk about in our YouTube video, you're going to want to be making fresh creative for any ads that you're running. You're going to want that copy written and you're probably not going to use the same thing every year because just the way people expect ads to be written is going to kind of flow over time. It's kind of a trend situation. When you're trying to move, you're past the $100,000 mark and you're really trying to go to a million we really view ourselves as the sweet spot for that, where you're getting an agency that has experienced copywriters, uh, has experience using Facebook and Instagram to do the hyper-local targeting that we do. And we build all of that out for you. So it's not on your plate. You're not having to learn a whole different profession than, than running a lawn care business. And we're able to scale you. And we kind of view you getting to a million dollars as as your graduation point. I think at that point, it makes sense for a lot of businesses to bring a, uh, a marketing person on staff. I think that's a perfect uh, way to sum that up, Cody. I, I want to see, did you have anything else you want to touch on when it comes to breaking that million dollar point? I mean, I would just say that if you are serious about getting to a million dollars, if that is your goal is to hit a million dollars in top line revenue, you should get in touch and we can figure out what, what needs to be done as your marketing strategy. We help with hiring strategy and, and automating your, your Indeed stuff and taking some of that labor onto ourselves. So please reach out. You can go to our website, lightspeedsocialagency.com, fill out the contact form. Let us know that you, you heard this episode of the podcast and, and I'd be happy to get on the phone with you and get things figured out. Perfect. Uh, let me sign us out here. Remember guys, Grow your business at light speed. That's right, man.